Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Something, Some Places at Certain Times. This episode we are reviewing Dragon Ball Super Superhero and Sean is back for this episode. Yes I am, hello. And what's interesting here is Sean is in Japan. So you saw this movie, you said it was like three months ago or something? Yeah, I saw it when it came out on June 11th, the day after it came out, I guess, yeah. Yeah, so I but just I saw it. In, Sorry, go in ahead. Japanese, no subtitles, so uh, I, like, understood a good, like, 90% of the movie's dialogue. Hmm. Interesting. They don't do, well, I guess it's a Japanese movie in Japan. They wouldn't need subtitles. Yeah. But um, here... Here, I only saw it available in English, at least on the day I went. But personally, I prefer to watch Dragon Ball in English, because that's how I grew up with it. So that's what I'm used to. Yeah, I agree with you on that, because uh, for Dragon Ball in Japanese, uh, Goku, Gohan, Goten, Bardock, Goku Black are all voiced by the same 80-year-old woman, Masuka mm -hmm. Nasawa, and I, I cannot stand her voice. Same, same. I listened to a bit. I think my when my brothers are watching Dragon Ball Super, the series, as it was coming out, um, they were watching it like the day it released, so they watched it in Japanese. And I was like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. And, you know, maybe if I grew up with it, it wouldn't bother me. But I think because it's, it's so... Um, not just because it's feminine, it's just different, you know, from what we're used to with the English dub. It's been around for so long, and we're so used to it because they just have so many episodes, so many movies and video games. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't change it at this point. It's also because, like, she's been voicing Goku since the original Dragon Ball when Goku was a kid. So they had, like, a, you know, a younger mm -hmm. lady or, a, you know, 30-year-old lady voicer, and now she's, like, 80, still doing the voice of Goku and every other person in Goku's family. I just can't stand it. I mean, it's great that they got the same person all this time, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, it's tough. When it's a series that people watch when they're younger, then, you know, they get used to a, a certain type. You know, with some shows, like uh, My Hero Academia, I watch it in Japanese with subtitles, but uh, of course this show I've been watching forever, so I wouldn't change it now. But um, sometimes I see some like the Demon Slayer movie was available in Japanese with subtitles or in English. And uh, I watched that in Japanese, but with Dragon Ball, I think only the English was available. Yeah, that's typically the case with uh, these releases because like Dragon Ball is a classic show to watch in English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the, the voice actors have always been great for that show so it's uh i guess it sticks around in in our market so also, this is the first uh, movie that doesn't have uh vic minyaga voicing brawley uh because he's a sex pest that was interesting so i guess the last one the last brawley movie but this continues the role of vic minyaga the brawley voice actor who also voiced edward elric being uh cut from everything because he's a sex pest Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. They're dropping like flies these days. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, so let's get into it a bit. Avoiding spoilers, of course, as always. And then we will let you know when we start talking about spoilers. Um, first things first, it's Dragon Ball. We got to talk about the action, the general plot of this movie. Um, so. Yeah, this one takes place, of course, it's the latest in the, the super timeline, and Pan is, how old is she in this one? Like, three? Yeah, she's three, turning four. Uh, what do you know about the Dragon Ball timeline? Because, you know, like, super takes place before the end of Dragon Ball Z. I, I just know that, wait, does it really? Before the end of Z? Yes, exactly. That's that's the crazy part. Because at the end of Z, uh, Pan is older, uh, Goten and Trunks are older than they are now. So 
super takes place somehow before the end of Z. So the the end of Z, the Boo Saga. No, no, no. The Boo Saga is not the end of Z. That's that's the Boo Saga. Then there's the last. The epilogue chapter is called the end of Z. Oh, oh, I I don't know if I'm familiar with that. Was that TV episode or a movie? No, no, it was an episode uh, for the show. It's with Oob, the reincarnation. Of, oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, I remember because in Super they mentioned that Oob was just like a baby or something. Yes, exactly. So, like, this, so the it, the last episode of Z, that's called the end of Z in the manga, that's that's uh, before Super. Or after, after Super. Super. After, yeah, it's after Super. Yeah. So all the stuff that happens in Super somehow just like that happens, and then we see this epilogue where they don't use Super Saiyan God or they don't use any of these new transformations, but like uh-huh. they exist. Don't worry, it's it's poor writing. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where you realize it's part of the real life time frame of them making prequels, you know. So um, yeah, that's just how it is sometimes. But um, this one they have. Well, they don't have our main two, uh, Goku and Vegeta. Avoiding spoilers, they're not the center of this movie. They're in the movie, but this story is mostly about um, Gohan and Piccolo and Pan. I would say those three are are kind of the main cast, and as well as the the new villains slash heroes. And the rest of the cast is in it as well, but I think um, it really centers around Gohan and Piccolo. Which is a first for Dragon Ball movies, and it's a well-welcome change, because initially, during Cell Saga, they were going to make Gohan the main character. That was Akira Torama's uh, main idea, but the editors were like, no, 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 Goku needs to be the main character of Dragon Ball. So, uh, I don't like Goku as a character at all, so I was really glad that... uh, he wasn't the main focus of something for once since the Cell Saga. Mm-hmm. I think it was interesting to see because I I just remember knowing. Um, I don't remember when or where I heard it, but I remember knowing that it was like said that Gohan could be stronger than Goku if he really tried. But obviously, he's not as interested in being a career fighter, and they did mention that directly in this movie. So um, I think it's it's good how they kind of brought that up. And it was cool that he could show his uh, strength and be a focus in this movie. Yeah, it was, it was really nice to see that uh, as well. Lots of callbacks to like Cell Saga with like Gohan being strong. And uh, I also like them finally giving Piccolo the spotlight too, because Piccolo and Trunks are my two favorite Dragon Ball Z characters. And uh Piccolo usually gets like sidelined for like in way of the sands. It's kind of racist. Mm-hmm. And um, Go uh, Goten and Trunks also they were like all of a sudden they show up and they're big and then he's like who I don't remember who said it was it Piccolo was like why the heck are you guys so big and then they were yeah, like oh cool. yeah by the way Saiyans just stay little for a long time and then poof we get big. So, there's something I didn't know before. Yeah, it's been, like, referenced in the past as well. It's kind of, like, lots of things about how, like, Saiyans look young and then they look older. Like, it was, it's was, it been a big thing in Dragon Ball. Like, how uh, after Cell Saga, uh, Gohan, just like a teenager, like, and pretty much an adult. They call that adult Gohan, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, overall, I liked it. It was good, uh, a, a bit of a different focus, so it was kind of cool to see. And I thought it was kind of funny how in the beginning, when Piccolo is questioning Gohan, oh, I'll save that for later. Save that for later. But um, yeah, we talk about the animation because the animation was when I first saw the trailer, I was like, "This looks like a video game. Like I don't want to watch this." Uh-huh, like they went the like, CG route. Yeah, but then once I started watching it, after five minutes in, I just like forgot about the fact that it was like CG. Like the trailer looked so corny and bad to me, but then once I start watching the movie. And they do the thing they do with all the recent Dragon Ball movies where they, like, show a bunch of flashbacks uh, of, like, all the, well, everything that happened in the series at the start of the movie. When I watched, like, them do the series, but in the CG style, I was kind of just like, okay, I'm I'm used to this now. Like, this is normal. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I think the kind of animation, especially anime, that's in some ways maybe needed to take on more CG work because it's it's quicker and it helps the studios. I think it's come a long way and, like, it really looks like the animated version does. Uh, it's, you know, when they're moving, you can tell the difference, but in, like, a still image, it looks the same. And I think it's very... It's getting a lot better. Like, the CG is much better able to mimic animation than it was maybe five, ten years ago. Well, five years ago, for sure. Like, back when, like, Berserk came out in 2016, the uh, the TV show, not the uh, movies, they just looked, they were looked like PlayStation 2 games at the time when the PlayStation 4 was out. But now these look like... like actual good cutscenes from, from a video game but the video game imagery still doesn't leave my mind because when i see like 3d characters my first thought is like oh like it's like a video game because it's like 3d plus anime mm -hmm. i think may also especially because with dragon ball particularly there's been so many video games for so long and they've for a long time they've had that 3d kind of a uh, animation you know the video game character uh, dimension to it whereas even all the way up until the last movie i think broly was still mostly animated i'm i yes it was been a while, it was but animated. i'm sure they had cd elements and animated elements but i don't remember it being like this one seemed like everything was all the character work was pretty much cg yeah usually it's like just a little bit of cg backgrounds but this one was like Characters were CG, backgrounds were CG, everything was CG, and I, I didn't mind it. I, I, it was kind of surprising I didn't mind it. Yeah, it's like you said, you get used to it, and I think the, you know, the images themselves, the art style, looks very much like the animation would, and it's just a movement that gives it away, and, and you get over it pretty quickly. So the, the music was the music was also very just original classic Dragon Ball music. They like. Played Shala, Head Shala, like the instrumental version in the background, lots of like the classic uh, soundtrack from the original show was there. That was nice to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always like to hear those things, especially with a show that, as we mentioned, so many people watch growing up. It's, uh, it's just like, you know, it really takes you back and it's nice to always be able to kind of go back to Dragon Ball, but also they're still making this these new movies and this new content. So it's really interesting. So it's a funny caveat of... about that though, is that like the American Dragon Ball release changed the soundtrack a lot to make it more like mm -hmm. action packed and good. And I prefer the American soundtrack by Bruce Faulkner. And uh, mm -hmm. this, so when I watch these movies, these Japanese movies, I'm like, Oh, this is the Japanese soundtrack. But like some of like, the opening and the ending songs, those are still like the same in the English version, but like lots of the cool, like really cool themes were just like American only. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen all of it with, like, both versions. I know some of the, like, uh, re-releases or remasters or something used some more of the Japanese music and stuff. But, yeah, it's... I, I'm not... I probably don't know as much about the series as you do. But, yeah, I, I've always liked the music. Um, no matter which version I was watching, it was always good. So... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it for this movie as well. So Yeah, I think that's pretty much all there is for like no spoiler stuff, right? Yeah, well just uh we'll give a brief introduction with these new characters. The movie is about these superheroes, the uh androids. So the Red Ribbon Army is back, as you will see in the trailer, probably a poster as well. Um, and they've got the two androids and a another villain who I don't think is in the trailer, so we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, that was like the, that was a spoiler plot or the surprise plot twist. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the the new characters they look like classic, you know, Dragon Ball anime characters. Um, and they even mention it in the movie, at least in the English version. They kind of talk about their look being like they're from the 90s or something, which 
is interesting because they're like part of the Red Ribbon Army and that goes back to the original, which is from the 80s, 90s. So it's it's interesting. I think maybe they intentionally designed it to look like the characters that they made 40 years ago. So that would be, um, I don't know the all the details behind the creation of it, but I'm sure that that was a very conscious decision of the artist. Yeah, they were. They look very like classic Dragon Ball characters, but like they still have the, the Dragon Ball Super design with like the way their faces look, like lots of very like modern, like uh, Jacko, the Galaxy guy. I don't really know much about him, uh, but I I do I did like uh, their physical, like the, how they actually look in terms of design, but their like personalities, at least in the Japanese version. Uh, for me, it was mainly the voices. I thought of the voices didn't fit for me, but I'm an American guy watching this in Japanese, so I'm, that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the voices, for me, they, they felt fine, like they fit. And uh, it is actually, even though they are androids and they are basically twins, they did have two different voice actors, at least in the Japanese version. Let me look up the English version. Yeah, they had, they had very different voices in Japanese as well, so that makes sense. Also, I like how they're they're continuing the theme of the last like three Dragon Ball movies of like first with Resurrection of F, they're like, oh, Frieza's back and he's stronger because he trained, or like Broly's well, Broly's canon now. This is but it's a story you already know. They're like they're hashing it on the nostalgia, but not in a, not in a way that's like too irritating. But I think mm -hmm. this is a movie where they're cashing on the nostalgia and it doesn't it doesn't hit for me the way it should because. It feels too much like a like a blatant cash grab, or like just kind of like to get like, oh, you remember, you remember the the Red Ribbon Army, you remember this, and I'm like, how how mm -hmm. are they now as strong as Goku and Vegeta? Like Frieza say he's never trained in his life, so he trained and he was strong as Goku and Vegeta again. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. it's, it's poor, but it makes sense. Or like Broly was is just the strongest Saiyan, Saiyan. So that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, we made new androids, and they they can pretty much take down Goku and Vegeta. That's that's like implied with their strength. Yeah, it's like, it's not a lot of um, it's pretty quick, simple, not very in depth, but um, yeah, they're just like let's make them come back and be stronger. And like you said, there's not much explanation to them this time. And I'm looking at it, the English androids, the two of them, they are different voice actors in the English one as well. Yeah, it's good to know that they kept it consistent across the. Probably dub. could have noticed if I if I when I was watching it. I can't remember their voices right now. It's been um, almost a week since I watched it because, of course, you know, it came out a long time ago for you, but it came out about two weeks ago as of when we're recording this in the United States. So it's pretty new here. All right, so shall we give it a quick rating and then get into spoilers? Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think? Well, I usually don't give half scores, but I gave this one uh, a three and a half. And I said that the movie felt like fan fiction at lots of moments and a filler episode at other moments. But uh, the reason it's a three and a half is because like, I, I really liked it being like a Piccolo Gohan episode because we don't really get those. So it's like, hey, this is like, instead of like every movie being like, oh, we're trying to fight this guy. And then Goku saves the day in the end. It's like, Nah, Goku's not going to save the day. So you're on your own. I like that. So three out of five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can I can see your explanation there. It seems like fan fiction and filler. I didn't think anything was too... Um, like, it never felt like the fate of the world was at stake, even though that's what they're going for with, you know, probably every Dragon Ball movie. But, yeah, it just felt like another one of those when they were cranking out dozens of Dragon Ball Z movies, it felt like it might have been able to be placed in with those. So I was it's funny it... you the, the, the stakes, though, because that was a, a thing that people were talking about with Nope when I saw it. That they felt like the stakes for Nope were also low. Okay, I want to talk to you about that later, then. Mm -hmm. Alright, so I would give it... Um, I think I'd give it a 7 out of 10, just because it's Dragon Ball, and the action was good, and I liked watching it. And... You know, they're not making the series anymore. It's just a movie every now and then. 
and it's just you know I just really enjoy being in the theater watching a Dragon Ball movie because you know everyone who's there just enjoys watching this stuff because you just grew up with it and you love it so like I appreciate that aspect of it and the animation and everything was was good the visuals were still great and like you said it's a a bit of a different story with the different main characters without <clears throat> Goku and Vegeta there to save the day so it's um so I'll give it a 7 for that uh it might be more of a 6 which is like you know on its own I'd probably give it a 6 which is like I don't regret going to the movie theater to watch it I'm just saying it's a 7 because of the the love for Dragon Ball really so, yeah, that's. I think, that's the, I think the real question is, uh, how would you rate this compared to the last three Dragon Ball movies with a uh, Resurrection of F, ba Battle of Gods, Resurrection of F, and uh, Broly? Um, I think Broly was better than this one. Broly's the best of the last three or four. I, I, agree. I think I don't think I saw Resurrection F. I watched the series, and you know they they rehashed it in the series, so I don't know how. Oh different the episodes are from the movie because I did watch Battle of Gods and that movie and the episodes have quite a few differences to them um, and I liked Battle of Gods but yeah I think Broly is the, the best of the ones I've seen I don't think any of them are as good as like the actual series like the Goku Black and especially the last like Five ten episodes of Dragon Ball Super, I think, are just absolutely phenomenal, and I think Broly is maybe the only one that comes close to that. But it is just a movie, so it, it feels like almost short. And I felt like that with this one too; like the fights just felt kind of short. And I think it's just because they're movies. When we're used to these big fights being over, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty episodes. Yeah, so five it's episodes of screaming. Exactly, exactly. Like it's a whole episode just to charge up one attack or something. So yeah, yeah I, that's that's my only complaint, and I don't think it's really avoidable with the movies because they got to have like that first quick action introduction, take a step back, explain some things, gather the troops, and then head in for the final attack, and then a little lull in the battle before the actual final attack actually happens so it's a lot to cover in a movie when we're used to this being spread out over a much longer time frame yeah that, that's why i say this is easily the, the worst of the, the recent dragon ball movies starting from battle of the gods this one is clearly in my opinion the worst yeah okay now let's say from here on out we're going to start talking about spoilers because leading off of that i would want to say and this is a spoiler, so if you haven't seen it, stop listening here. Leading off what you just said, and what we were just discussing, how this it just feels too short with these movies, I think this one could have done a lot better with the surprise villain, um, Cell Max. If, if that was like just teased at and set up a future movie or something... And the Gammas were, like, the only villains in this movie. Because I feel like they just... They're trying to do too much inside one movie. It's kind of like you said, like, fan fiction. Yeah, the Cell Max part is why I called it fan fiction. I honestly wish that entire part of the movie was just not not a thing at all. Like, mm -hmm. just... I would, because it, it also made a Orange Piccolo and Beast Gohan a thing. And I'm like, those... Beast Gohan looks like... A character you'd see on like the Deviant Art in two thousand five, or if you Google Super Saiyan five, it looked like that, like the the big big hair with that's mm -hmm. uh, white and just like red eyes. It's just like why we don't this isn't what we want. And now it's like in Japan, all the Dragon Ball Super Arcade cabinet things that are terrible mm -hmm. all have these characters on them now, and I, I don't mm -hmm. like it. Yeah, and it's like um, when Piccolo turned orange. I was like, well, I've never seen this before. He's got an extra bit of strength, and he's a different color. And I was like, huh, that's just like Piccolo Orange. And then later in the movie, they're like, 
well, you gotta call this something. He's like, I guess I'd call it Orange Piccolo. And I'm like, oh, okay, they really went straight for it. Yeah, that's that was how I thought about it too. They're kind of just like, oh, okay, we we need to pick a little transformation. He's never had one. I mean, he's had had transformations, but they weren't like physical changes. Mm-hmm. So they're like, let's give him one. And I yeah. also think it was weird how it was like, just he has wished Shinron for more power. Like, uh huh. They've never thought about doing that before. <laughs> yeah, like why? Yeah, why did they never do that? Why don't they do that every time there's a threat? And also. Like, I mean, it's funny that they just forgot to wish for Goku and Vegeta, but like, that was the first thing I was thinking of. I'm like, if you're going to the Dragon Balls to make yourself stronger, why don't you just wish for the stronger people to come here? And I feel like it was a wish it to not happen. That's like, I don't get things about the Dragon Balls. I know it has, they have like rules or something, but Mm -hmm. just like, if the whole point of the series that there's seven magic balls that grant you whatever you wish. It's like what the good guys always have them. That's like yeah. that's like an established thing now. Is that Bulma just keeps them to like wish for her ass to be fatter. It's mm-hmm. just like yeah, if they could have just that. um if they could have done something like they wish for him, and then Chenron was like, oh, it seems like they're on a a god's planet, so I can't transport them here or something. Like you know, then that would have been totally fine. But just forgetting them and. You know, it was funny, but again, it was like, it was too obvious. There are some movies where someone forgets something, and I'm like, like we mentioned in the last one, we were talking about Thor, when, and if you haven't seen Thor, this is a spoiler, but they get to the end, and he's like, why don't you just wish for your daughter back? And I was like, oh, actually, I didn't think about that during the whole movie, so it's not that crazy. But with this one, it was like, it was so obvious. It was a little too... You know, like, they were just... It just seemed almost pointless. And the fact they didn't, like... They made a joke about it, made it even more like, okay, so this is, like, fan service. They want the audience to see Piccolo and Gohan have this big fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have easily just said, we don't have the Dragon Balls, or they could have easily just um, had, uh, who was it, Dende, like, actually be able to unlock his power, or maybe he just, you know, was able to push through and unlock it himself. Like most of the other characters throughout the whole series. Yeah, but also there's like this movie had some uh, references that made other things now canon. Because I guess I don't understand the Dragon Ball canon anymore. Ever since they started making the Super manga plus Super plus uh, like it's 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 whack. But uh, if you looked at it during the movie when they were showing uh, Doctor Hedo uh, his family tree it shows mm-hmm. that uh uh dr jerome's wife vomi is now canon who was uh in the dragon ball fighters video game was introduced as android 21 uh so now things that started in the video game are now becoming canon in the series also their son being the the model for android 16 is now also canon mm-hmm. through this yeah i noticed that i was like is that is that the android? And then I just, I figured it must have been, I didn't know the, the history of that uh, concept, but I figured clearly they didn't have an android kid. Although, you know, with Dragon Ball, it's not like that would be that crazy, but. Yeah, and then also uh, they they kept the naming scheme with uh, Dr. Jiro, his family. So Jiro is like a Japanese onomatopoeia for like to barf. And then mm-hmm. so was Hado. So then I guess they ran out of things. So they just named uh, the wife Vami as in vomit. Uh-huh. It's like that one's that one's very obvious. Like even if you don't like like how the uh, gods uh, are all named after like alcohol. Whis- Whis is whiskey. Beerus is beer. Like uh-huh. in the stands are all fruits. Uh, but the Jerome line being just ways to say vomit kind of like, OK, that's I, I, not that's not very cool or clever it's kind of just kind of, okay y'all, y'all are trying to do something but i don't really like it mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i mean it's one of those dragon ball things where all these families or races have all these naming schemes so it's just uh i guess kind of typical for the series and you know i i didn't know that about the hedo and jiro so as an american who doesn't know any japanese then 
that doesn't really come across my mind. It just felt, it just sounded like it kind of rhymed. That's it. Yeah, but when you see like Volme, people, the American fans are like, that sounds like vomit. And I was like, that's that's the point. But also like, that's, yeah, that, it does. Mm-hmm. You see Volme, like, vomit. That's, and that's not cool. Uh, yeah, so overall, the, the the spoiler stuff, I really hated Cell Max. I thought Cell Max was stupid. What, and you agree? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think it's just weird. Anytime they have, um, I would say like the, the size of the character being so big, I think is a little weird i think those fights are always just a little hard to like show the difference in the sizes of the characters and like a proportionate level of strength like it's it's just um they don't because they're such different sizes they the thought of how these characters move when they're interacting with each other it just doesn't really translate as well I feel like maybe that was just to be able to call back to uh, Piccolo being able to turn giant, but at the same time, I really don't feel like that was the case. I feel like they wanted to have this giant villain that like just wreaks havoc, havoc on everyone and is destructive. And uh huh. And the thing is, fun. like, Cell was never like that. Cell is one of the the best villains in the whole series, and in, in in all of like action animation. And I agree. He's so, you know, intelligent and cerebral and everything. And this character was, like you said, like a mindless giant who just goes around and destroys things. And I know they said because he they released him too early and he was supposed to, like, they said it was like, if you release him this early, you're not going to be able to control him. He's going to just go crazy or whatever. But, like, they still made the character that way for this movie. Whereas they could have maybe, like I said, they could have teased at it and set him up for a future one. And he could have been like a really good villain. Yeah, and then, if you, I don't know if you noticed, but when uh, Gohan turned Beast Gohan, they did the same exact thing that Gohan did in the Cell Saga when he turned uh, Super Saiyan 2. Where the screen turns black and there's like a red line through it because he saw like 16 die when he thought that he saw... Uh, Piccolo die. The mm. same thing happened. I was like, that's a really cool callback. That's like one of the coolest moments in Dragon Ball. Was that that scene where Gohan just turned Super Saiyan two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> it's it's kind of like you said, like so much of a kind of a cash grab. Like I know that they were saying they would be making more of these Dragon Ball Super movies, which I'm happy about. But I know there's more to the manga that they could adapt. And um, and this one just seemed like it wasn't so much about... I don't know how much... If this is the way Toriyama wanted it. Um, but it just felt like it was one of those things where... They're like, oh, we're not ready to do a movie about this new content. Let's just go back to all the old stuff. It's kind of like... Star Wars Episode Seven. It's just like let's reskin everything from, you know, decades ago and do it all again, just a little bit different. Call it a sequel. Yeah, I have a radical hot take just in general. Mm-hmm. Like basically, so Tori on the sixty-seven, he's getting up there. Uh, my thing is, once you're seventy-five, you shouldn't be able to do anything at all. Period. Joe Biden, our president, right now. Uh, He's over 75. I don't think he should be able to do anything. Uh, Masuka Nozawa, the voice of Goku, she's she's 80. She shouldn't be able to do anything. I feel like once you reach 75 and Toriyama's getting there, you start forgetting things. You start like forgetting how your characters work. You start just forgetting how life works. You should just you know just be placed aside and be able to be in your little like old folks home. 75 is that age. I, I'm personally believing mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if you know is this. Were the decisions for this movie, like, was this concept in general, the plot and every, the, all the characters and stuff, was this uh, Toriyama's decisions, or was this maybe the studio stepping in? And No, it was, the, it was all written by, mostly written by somebody else, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so... He was, still, he was still a part of the, uh, the decisions for this movie, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Um, 
correct me if I'm wrong, if you know the answer, but I think there's just, uh, just like one more saga in the manga. No, this is not. No, no, like there is one more from oh, yeah, where the series there left is, off. There yes, there is. And, um, so, I mean, I wish they would bring this series back and they would do that. Has it, have they said if this, the manga is over or uh, what's like the status of it? The, the manga still comes out. I see it all the time at 7-Eleven and, uh, okay. I don't read it because it, it feels like fan fiction sometimes. The new, mm. Like I feel like everything that after at the tournament of power was good, and then mm. after the tournament of power they do the they put Broly in there. That's good, but then after that there's like new villains that I haven't really got into. I'm mm -hmm. saying it feels like fan fiction only because I, I haven't really read it yet, and I see the character designs and I'm like this looks stupid. I but, just I just know there's that one villain. I can't remember his name right now, but it's the like the goat-looking dude, yeah, Mora. Yeah, is do you know are they Mora. still on that saga? I don't think so. I think they're right past that. I might be wrong though, because right. now like Vegeta, Vegeta has his own like god form now. Like like mm. it's called like a new transformation called like Vegeta Ego, and I'm just like okay, this is or Ultra Ego instead of Ultra Instinct. It's Ultra Ego, mm. and I'm like okay. I, it just seems like I, I liked Ultra Instinct when it first happened, but then like I feel like that, that should have been the end. That should have been like I, I hate when they add new. Oh, you know what? I I wonder if the ending, the little mid credit scene in this movie, is maybe the start of what might lead to that. You know, I because know. they um. You know, in the, at the end, did you, did you stay through the credits or you left right away? Yeah, no, I, I always stay through the end. They, the, the sparring match ended and Vegeta won. Yeah, so I wonder if he's going to now grow an inflated ego and get even stronger. I don't <laughs> know what Ultra Ego even is, man. I'm... Yeah, but I don't know. I haven't read the, the manga either. But, um, you know, I wish they would bring the series back. But I think maybe if they're waiting for a couple more sagas to come out, then, you know, maybe that's why. I don't know. Or if they're just going to adapt it all into movies from here on. But, you know, like I've said a few times now, it just seems like a movie isn't long enough for what we're used to with Dragon Ball. Especially the character development. So, yeah, I agree. All mm -hmm. the way. Yeah, especially with, like, the Tournament of Power where the series left off. They had so many characters, and, you know, they took their time. They had a few episodes for each big fight with each character. And, you know, if if you had that, like, with this movie, I felt like they were trying to put too many characters in it. You know, they had the Gammas, and then they pretty quickly, you know, turned against their overlords, so to speak. And then, um, yeah, and then it was just Cell Max was in it for a little bit. I did. I did like the fight with Cell Max, uh, in some ways, just artistically. When was it Gamma Two? It came down and tried to deliver the final blow. I thought that bit was really good. And then the the final final bit. You know, anytime they show big moves, lots of colors, bright lights, and everything. I'm a and fan of that. That action. Two beams hitting each other. That's always a cool thing to see. Uh huh. Yeah, so, I mean, I had the, the classic, you know, big move stuff that you love to see from Dragon Ball, which was still good, but I think in general, I think we're kind of both agreeing the plot was just subpar. Yep. Yeah, I so... Yeah, was there uh, anything else spoiler-related that uh, we wanted to go over now that, uh, in in terms of anything else, acting or anything... Oh, yeah, the, the, one of the first things I was going to say, the beginning, when Piccolo is, like, ridiculing Gohan for not training, and he's like, and Gohan's like, I don't think we're going to get attacked by another you know, world-ending threat. Like, how often can that happen? It's like, well, the whole point of the show is it happens all the time. And, 
and then it happens like you know an hour later in the, the time frame of this movie so it's like well then he shows up he's like damn i, I guess i should have trained but uh yeah it's just it's kind of like they're they're calling out the own their own silliness of the series and anime in general you know it's the whole point of the show is to show these fights so obviously there's constant threats yeah i miss old dragon ball but um yeah i liked it the the english voice acting was all very good i think it was you know all the same actors that have been around so it wasn't uh much of a surprise it was all the same voice actor for Gohan, Goten, Goku. So it's, um, yeah, I don't think there were any changes from that. And um, the character, the one thing I thought was a bit weird was they showed Krillin seemed a bit cowardly to me. It's been a while since I watched the series. I don't remember if he was ever, if that's normal for his character. But it was like, you know, he's been through some stuff. I think he could, uh handle this and they didn't realize how tough the fight was going to be you know when they arrived so it was like he was kind of being cowardly before he had a reason to be in my opinion that's like what the way Krillin's character is now just because of like how he became weaker because he stopped training and became a police officer whereas like Tien kept training everyone else kept training but uh, Krillin stopped training because like in Dragon Ball when you stop training you're just useless yeah, but I mean, Gohan doesn't train, and then he gets a whole movie about him and finds a new level of strength. It's good. Just pick a little man and wear that weighted clothing for like an hour. You're just like, okay, now I'm strong again, which is also Oh, yeah, that's right. He, he trained for a good, you know, five minutes of screen time. So, <laughs> yeah. But, um... Yeah, I think uh I mean I'm I'm interested to see where they go from here. Of course I want to see more. I want to see better stuff though. And uh you know, now that I'm talking about it with all the spoilers and stuff, I think I would rate this a 6. Wow. Yeah, which is still good. I still enjoy it. Um but you know, it's not like uh you know, for a Dragon Ball fan, I'd say it's a 7. Go to the theater, go see it. It's Dragon Ball. But just as the movie itself, without the, I guess, fanboy perspective, it's, you know, it's nothing really special. I agree. Yeah, Broly was really good. Broly is really fun to watch. So, that's... Yeah, it was beautiful, but... Mm-hmm. This yeah. one, not so much. This one, I'm sorry, this one just, it's just the worst of the recent Dragon Ball movies. I've said that before, I'll say it. Mm-hmm. Again, I think the Broly one found a way to bring the character into this new line of canon that they've been doing since Super started, um, and like rewrite the the Broly from the old movie, but still make it like recognizable. He still had that like um, not the cape, but you know the the thing he drapes around his waist. It was different than the original, yeah. but they. Had it, and they gave it a, a cool reason in this one, cool backstory, and so it's still like those recognizable character traits and designs, but just tweaked a little bit and given a bit more, I guess, logic to them. So it's uh, yeah, it was it was just like Broly is is great, great. I could watch that over and over. This one, you know, I'm glad I saw it. I'm not gonna obsess over it. Yeah, no, I'm not going to see it again, probably. What was the kind of uh, general reaction to it in Japan as a whole? Uh, it was, I mean, widely loved, like, uh, in terms of, uh, like, McDonald's, not McDonald's, uh, Family Mart, one of the big convenience stores, was giving out, like, merch for it. Uh, you can, it was... Kids were wearing, this kid's our teacher wearing like red, red, red ribbon army shirts they got from campaigns for the movie. It was really big. 
But I realized watching this movie compared to watching Broly, I saw Broly in Japan as well on vacation, and I saw Broly again in America when it came out. And uh, just the American audiences are so much more fun because they like they get hype at the movies because it's like it's hard not to, you know. You grow mm-hmm. up, grow up watching these and getting hyped to it. So that was the big letdown in Japan. Was like when Beast Gohan happened, they just like no one even like gasped, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bit of the, you know, just the crowd culture as well. Because from watching like professional wrestling, if if you watch an American show wwe and people are cheering before the match even begins then that's like top notch you know people are excited but in japan japanese wrestling which is like much more realistic much more sport like and in terms of the actual sport it's like the best in the world they do it at the biggest show of the year they're very quiet they don't make a lot of noise during the match it's very quiet at the beginning and it's only if the match goes on a really long time do they start cheering start clapping and stuff like that only like the top top matches so i think maybe that's part of just the the culture and how they watch a show in general but also i think i don't know i mean i'm sure dragon ball is super popular but i've heard in in some ways it's even more popular in in the Americas, all of the Americas. I know yeah, Dragon Ball is super, super huge in Latin America. Of course, it's huge in the USA. So I've heard, like, in, in terms of, I guess, relative to other shows, I think Dragon Ball is is way above, like, anything else in the Americas. And I don't think it has that same level in Japan. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's super popular over here, but it's, it's just as classic. But no, in Japan, in America, in the Americas, it's like they were selling out uh, streets in Mexico to watch the Dragon Ball Super finale, and that like didn't happen in Japan because like people in Japan just watch it on on TV at home. But like people went to like watch it in public in Mexico, and they were like having festivals over it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's also because it's Japan, and they have so much more. You know, they have so much more anime that they probably get all the time. Like, we, the stuff that makes it over here is only, like, the best stuff. And, of course, you know, lots of people go online and watch all kinds of shows. But, you know, the stuff that's popular here is the best stuff. Whereas they're, like, you know, they got all the best, all the mediocre, all the bad stuff. So, it's, um, I think it's, it's this trend I see with lots of things where, you know, people might think, oh, British TV is always great. It's like, well we're just not getting the trash shows like just the best stuff makes it over here. You know, they probably think everything the USA produces is amazing, but we got, you know, 500 channels of trash all the time, but they just don't watch it. So I think maybe it's the same thing, but I do think there's a a level of hype to it in the Americas. That's like nothing else. Yes, absolutely. Just like pro wrestling, it just Americans can just get hype over stuff. People in the Americas, more so than, mm-hmm. I guess, like, like physically hype. Yeah, yeah. I'd wonder even if in concerts in Japan, if they have that more, um, uh, not not repressed, but you know, the more quiet reaction in concerts. Maybe they just, maybe it's just the crowd culture in general. But at least they, from what I've noticed from the things where I watch American and Japanese versions, that's what I've noticed. Hmm. Yeah, were I you saying something? I think that's it for everything I have to say about this movie. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got to say. Uh, once again, I, I give it for a Dragon Ball fan. I say go see it, which would you know kind of make it a 7 in my book. But as a movie on its own... I say it's six out of ten. Yeah, and for me, I'm saying three and a half out of five. If you're a Dragon Ball fan, if not, honestly, maybe two. Yeah, yeah, especially if you don't like Dragon Ball, then, you know, it's Dragon Ball. So it is Dragon Ball. So if you like it, you're going to like it just to see it. And it's been a couple years since the last one. So it's just uh, nice that there's something out again. I hope there's more. I hope they make more movies. And I hope they show more of 
what's been building up in the manga. I hope they show more of the characters that were in this movie. I'm glad they got the spotlight on some characters who are not normally the center of attention. But um, in the end, this uh, you know, I won't be going crazy talking about this movie all the time. Yeah, overall, kind of, if it weren't for the, the transformations, completely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had a couple highlights, but overall, yeah, nothing too special. But, um, you know, we got a couple new characters. Maybe they'll show up in the future. Maybe they can become even better in the future. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. I wonder if the new characters, if the Gammas and... Dr. Hedo are going to become part of the gang or anything, but uh, we'll see. And now Chunks and Goten are big, so I assume they'll keep their new character designs for, you know, the upcoming projects, whatever they got going on in the next couple years. I can only pray for consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless they do a prequel or something. I don't think they'll do that. But, uh, yeah, so that's all I got for this one. Same here. So that, I guess that's a, that's a wrap. Yeah, all right. So if you made it this far, thank you for listening. And hopefully you'll listen to us next time. I believe the next thing we'll be doing is Nope. And so hopefully we'll be recording that soon. So thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the movie and this podcast. Yeah, this uh, this episode will also be uploaded to YouTube as well. So, you know, you can like and share it and you can share it on Spotify as well. So thank you for listening. Bye.